and again and again and again. We find ourselves many times thinking, Lord, how many more trials have I got to go through? How many more tests have I got to go through to prove to you that I love you? Well, he's the one in charge of all of that. What we got to do is remain faithful. Amen? After all, when we stand before our Lord one of these days, and it ain't going to be long, the only thing that we're going to be listening for is well done, good and faithful servant. Good and faithful servant. Not rich servant, not prosperous servant, not best of all, not MVP servant. Faithful servant. Faithful. Faithful in the tough times. Faithful in the good times. Faithful in the hard times. Faithful when it's raining. Faithful when the sun's shining. Faithful. Faithful, faithful, faithful. That's what God wants in his army today is faithful people that says, I won't quit up, I won't shut up, and I won't back up. But I'm going all the way. I'm going, like the songwriter says, you can false accuse me and scandalize my name, but I'm going on with Jesus just the same. How many feels that way tonight? Amen. Going on with Jesus just the same. Go with me tonight to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and go to verse 9. That's going to set our platform here tonight for our message that I entitled Strength Out of Weakness. Uh, my subtitle here tonight or my theme is Through and in Our Weakness, God is Made Strong. Through and in our weakness, God is made strong. You know, the Lord, His ways are not our ways. His Bible says his thoughts are not our thoughts. And, and God does things the opposite of what the world thinks. God says when you become weak, then you can become strong. The world says the opposite. You have to be strong. You have to be manipulative. You have to be, uh, you got to be sure of yourself. You've got to be self-made to, to pursue and to prosper and to make good in this world. But God says it's through surrender that you gain victory. It's through the valley that you learn love and patience and kindness and meekness and long-suffering and gentleness. All of such there is no law against. But in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, Paul had been praying about a thorn in the flesh. A lot of speculation over what that thorn was. I personally believe it was circumstances. Everywhere he went, a riot broke out. Everywhere he went, he wound up in jail or he wound up being chased out of town, beaten, stoned, left for dead, left, left you know, hunger and thirst. And, 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 uh, and he, would, he would get up and go to the next place and pick up where he left off. Talking about faithful now. And he would just be found doing what he just got put in jail for. Uh, he'd be found just doing what he just got beat for. He'd be found doing just what he got ostracized for. But he had this one thing that he troubled, that he had trouble with, and he besought the Lord for it about it many times, three times the scripture says. In verse, let's go to verse 7. He said, Lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of the revelations, there was given to me a thorn in the flesh the messenger of Satan, to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. For this thing I besought the Lord thrice, and it might, that it might depart from me. And he said unto me, My grace is sufficient for thee, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That's a pretty uh, 
hard statement there for, to, to think about because the Lord said, I'm not going to relieve you of this thorn. <coughs> Excuse me. He said, my grace is sufficient for you to continue on faithfully. What, in other words, what I have done for you and where I have brought you from is enough to stand on until I take you any further. What I have done is good enough. And you've got to stand on sometimes what God's done for you to get you through what you're in and get you to where you're going. God don't always come on the scene and strike lightning and, and, and set everything in order. He, he sometimes allows the storm, allows the, the troubles, allows the things to come. And he says, listen, I want you to remember what I've done for you and know that I'm the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And I am God and I don't change. Hallelujah. And Paul listened to this word of God as God said to him, Paul, my strength is made perfect in weakness. Perfect strength, perfect ability. Why? It's because when we have reached that bottom of the barrel, that end of the rope, that last of the last, and we don't know what to do, we don't know what to say, we don't know where to turn, we have one that is within us that knows all things, and he can do things that you and I can't do, and we can find ourselves looking back and saying, it was not me that did it, it was the God I served that did it. I'm not the one that got me to where I am tonight. God's the one that got me to where I am, and if I'm going to go any further it's going to be God going to take me on a little bit further ain't you glad tonight we're not relying upon our strength we're relying upon the strength of the great I am tonight and his power is above all power hallelujah ain't it wonderful to know that tonight hallelujah Paul looked it all over and said well then since that be the case and since I have experienced this to be so he said most gladly therefore will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. <laughs> he said, Paul looked at it over and, and made a decision. And you and I, we have to do that sometimes in our walk with Christ is that we realize that, Lord, well, then we'll just rejoice in the weaknesses. We'll rejoice in the infirmities. We'll rejoice when the storms are coming because we find out that in those times, God's power rests upon us. You know, I was always taught from the first day I got saved that when you feel like you're the furthest away from God, that's when you're the closest. Because he don't always let you feel that he's right there, but he is there. And you're able to do things that more so than you would have not been able to do after you've been put through some pressures and some, and some, and some heat and, and some rain and some things that has tempered and, and tested and tried. And you could come out with a greater tenacity and able to do more than you could have done just through average Bible reading and prayer. It's the experiences of life that tone us and, and hone us for the great things that lie ahead of us, you see. Paul said, I'll just rather just sit back and rejoice and rather glory in these things that are troubling me because I found out that when I am weak, then I have one that is strong and he can do more than I can do. And we have to, we have to relinquish to that many times. God, I can't do this, but you can. I can't, you know, the song says, I can't walk on the water. I can't make the blinded eyes to see, but I know a man who can. I know a man who can. Ain't you glad you know a man tonight can heal, a man tonight that can deliver, a man that can set free, a man that can save the vilest of sinner, a man that can take a broken place, a broken home, and put it back together again. I know a man who can tonight. Hallelujah. I can't do it for you, but I can take you to a man who can. Well, I want to look at three experiences in the Bible tonight that uh, 
that their weaknesses, these were men of God, and their weaknesses were exemplified in different ways. And they found out that God was their strength and that they had no power except that power be given of God himself. The first one we look at is in John chapter 3, verse 27. Look at John the Baptist tonight. John the Baptist, his, his weakness, his infirmity, if you will, or his, his, his particular role was to, uh, that of surrender, that of, of humility, that to, of to surrender. You know, the hardest thing to do is to surrender, especially when you know you're right. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> When you know you're right, you don't, you don't back down. When you know you're right, you don't stop. You, you say, I don't care. I'm right. <laughs> but sometimes God says, just surrender. <laughs> just surrender and stand still and see my salvation. <laughs> oh, those are hard times, aren't they? That's hard to do. Well, John the Baptist was one that had been on the scene preaching as the voice of one crying in the wilderness. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight paths for the Lord. He had been preaching, there's one coming after me. He said, I am not him, and, and I am not as mighty as him. He was here before I was. He said, I am not even worthy to bend down and tie his shoes. He said, he was here before me. He is mightier than I. He said, I can only baptize you unto repentance, but he can baptize you in the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost. John says, there's one greater than me. Well, Jesus, one day, John looked up out of the river Jordan baptizing, and there come Jesus walking down the banks of the river. And John said, whoa, behold, the Son of God, the Lamb of God, who taketh away the sin of the world. And people's eyes turned then off of John onto Jesus. He baptized Jesus in the river Jordan. And as the Son of God came up out of the waters, the heavens opened and the Spirit of God descended and landed on him in the form of a dove. And a voice spoke from heaven and said, This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And Jesus walked out of that water and headed into the wilderness to be tempted and tried himself, the Son of God. And in his weakest moment, Satan came and tried to get him to, to usurp his authority. And he quoted the scripture to him and defeated the devil. And he come out of the wilderness in the power of the Spirit. And he began to preach the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent, the kingdom of God is at hand. People started following him. He started baptizing people. One day, John's disciples, his deacons, they said, you know, we got a problem here because our crowd is getting small. You know, John, we had, we had hundreds, we had thousands coming to the river Jordan, but, but now Jesus, hey, he's baptizing more than us. And John, and they, in John chapter 3, verse 27, when they came to, G, to John and began to relate to him, John, why is this that, that, that our crowd's getting smaller? His crowd is getting larger. We, we're, we seem to be decreasing in our number of baptisms. John answered and said, a man can receive nothing except it be given him from heaven. Ye yourselves bear me witness that I said I am not the Christ, but that I am sent before him. He that hath the bride is the bridegroom, but the friend of the bridegroom, which standeth and heareth him, rejoiceth greatly because of the bridegroom's voice. This my joy therefore is fulfilled. He must increase, but I must decrease. I must decrease. He that cometh from above is above all, and he that is of the earth is earthly and speaketh of the earth. He that cometh from a heaven is above all. 
John shifted their focus immediately off of him. And he said, listen, you've heard me say, you have bared me witness to say that I am not the Christ. <laughs> oh, tonight, many today would do well if they would back up and realize they're not the Christ. <laughs> I would do well to always remember, I'm not the Christ. Jesus said of John, he said he was a, a light, but he was not the light. But he was a portion of that light. We are lights. We are not that light, but we are part of that light. And we shed the light of the gospel. But John said, this one thing that I am enjoying and am rejoicing over is that more are following after Jesus now than me because my time is up and his has begun. And he said, therefore, I must remember and you must remember that he must increase, but I must decrease. My ministry is not the spotlight. My ministry is not that which points to man. It is that which points to Jesus Christ, the Son of the living God, and says, hear ye him. He's the Savior. He's the Holy Ghost baptizer. He's the, the deliverer, and he's the coming king. And soon and very soon we shall behold him. Glory to God. It's not about me. It's not about the number. It's not about how well we say things or sing things. It's all about the one that we're talking about, the one that we're singing about. In John's surrender, his weakness, if you will, he must have said to surrender from the spotlight where that he had been baptized and he was the number one, so to speak. Everybody was coming out to the Jordan to see what this man was talking about that, was, <clears throat> that, that ate locusts and wild locusts and honey and that, that was clothed in just a girdle and, uh, of leather and camel's fur hair. I mean, he was not a pretty sight, but he was a man that, that had power in his voice. I mean, even looked at the... The Pharisees and the religious elite and said, you brood of vipers, who warned you to flee the wrath of God? That would have got somebody killed pretty quickly. It got Stephen put away, didn't it? And uh, he, he, was, he was not a man to be reckoned with and he was not a weakling. Jesus said he was not a reed shaken in the wind. Well, the next person we want to look at a moment here considering their weakness and how that God became their strength is found in Matthew chapter 14, verse 24. It's a man called Peter. Peter was a man after God. He, he loved Jesus. And Peter was a strong man. He was a, he was a fisherman. And, and his, his hands were rough, and he was used to throwing the nets and, and, and fishing and drawing in fish. I mean, he worked. He was a, he was a hard worker. His hands were rough. And, and he, he was a man that, that spoke quickly what he had what he thought come out of his mouth very quick he was very quick spoken very quick tempered but Jesus chose him and 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 they were the disciples were in a boat and this is after Jesus had fed the 5,000 with the five loaves of bread and the two fish and as a matter of fact this comes on the heel of that which comes on the heel of of uh, John the Baptist being beheaded uh, you remember that the just previous to this uh, Jesus had received the word through the disciples that John had been beheaded uh, and that uh, the disciples had went and buried his body and the Bible says then they came and told Jesus. And Jesus got in a boat and went away privately to mourn. He was saddened over the passing of John, of, of the, the death of John. And then when he, when he got to where he was going to 
the people met him there and there were so many that were sick and so many that were diseased and needing him and he healed and he preached the gospel and, and it was getting close to the evening and they needed food and you know the miracle that came out of that are the, the loaves and the fish and how they fed 5,000 and took up 12 baskets full of scraps afterwards. My, what a powerful miracle that was. Hallelujah. And then after that Jesus said, y'all get in the boat and go on across. And he went up on a mountain to pray. While he's up praying, the storm comes up on that ship. And in verse Matthew 14, verse 24, it says, The ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, between 3 a.m. and 6 a.m. in the morning, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear, but straightway. Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? And when they were coming to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of a truth thou art the Son of God. You see, Peter stepped up that, that night and, and they saw Jesus walking on the water and they've been rowing and, and they had been tossing bucket, buckets of water to keep the ship from sinking and they had, they had worked at this thing to keep this thing afloat. How many knows in our lives we can be working hard to keep afloat? I mean, we can be working hard to keep things in line, to keep our, 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 our finances and everything in line to, to take care of things and, 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 and taking care of sicknesses and things that come upon us and working hard and, and, and sometimes in the midst of all of that we can look up and sometimes here comes Jesus hallelujah <laughs> here comes Jesus and, and they see him coming but but you know in the dark and, and the storm and the lightning flashing and the and the thunder rolling they thought oh this is ghost it's a spirit coming to hone us coming to cause us more problems there's a demon on the water and and they all begin to cry with fear and Peter stood up and said Lord if it's you ask me to come out on this water Ain't nobody but Peter could have done that. Amen. The rest of those guys just sitting in that boat, <laughs> you know, and, and they said, you know, oh, it's a ghost, it's a ghost. It could be your grandfather from three years back, you know. No doubt, you know how things go to playing in your mind. And Peter said, it could be the Lord. So, Lord, if it's you, I'm coming. Tell me what to do. Jesus said, come on, Peter. Oh, now what are you going to do when he says, come on? <laughs> The storm is beating around you and, and everything is falling apart. And Jesus says, just go ahead. Come on. And Peter stepped. I mean, can't you imagine? I mean, he's standing there at, at the edge of that boat and the water and the wind and, and the storm and the lightning is flashing. And, and, there, and that boat's rocking back and forth. And those guys are hanging on with all they got, got a hold of the mast. And, and, and Peter says, I'm going. They said, Peter, you're crazy. <laughs> Don't get out of this boat, man. You're a fool. You know, sometimes reasoning our reasoning don't measure up with what God says. Sometimes what God says, we say, oh, Lord, that, that ain't no way that's going to work. Lord, you, you call me to, to leave this and, and, and go out with nothing. And God says, come on. Come on. And Peter, you know, he, no doubt the guy's saying, Peter, you're stepping out of a boat. I mean, it's storming, yes, but the boat at least is floating. You step out there, you're surely going to sink. You're going to drown. You can't live in this, Peter. You know you're not a good swimmer anyway. <laughs> Possibly, I don't know. 
But Peter, Peter stands there and he sees Jesus. How many knows when you see Jesus, you kind of forget about everything else? <laughs> Brother, when Jesus begins to reveal himself to you and the power of his spirit comes over you, you'll forget about some things that's going on around you. You'll find yourself doing some stuff that you would have never attempted before. Why? Because there's something about his voice. There's something about his spirit. There's something about Jesus that can move you from your position into a faith position that says, in faith I shall move forward and in faith I shall stand. And Peter takes one foot out over that boat and steps on that water, and he tests, and, they, and all of a sudden that water, he didn't sink. <laughs> you know, that's pretty good, isn't it? And so he steps out, and he's walking on the water. <laughs> and then Jesus is standing out there with his hands out, and Peter, he's walking on the water. I mean, the water is, I mean, the wind and everything's around, but he's walking on the water. I'm going to tell you, sometimes in life it's like that, ain't it? I mean, there's storms all around you. Things ain't going right. You don't know where you're going to do next, what's going to happen next. God, I don't understand all this, but, but in Jesus, you're walking on the water. As long as you're listening to Jesus, as long as you're hearing the voice of the Lord and obeying him in faith, you're walking on water. When everybody says, I don't know how he's doing it, how in the world he's able to make it from day to day, I don't know. But you can say, I know it's one that's helping me. I'm going on his strength and his strength alone. And Peter's walking on the water and he's walking looking at Jesus. But all of a sudden he thought, it's just pretty nice. And he said, I'll look around, see what's going on, see what the guys are doing back in the boat. And when he turns and he sees the lightning and the thunder, whoo, he goes down. And as he's going down, it's not that you go down, it's what you do while you're going down. Amen. Sister Gertrude Hickman taught me something when I first got saved. She said, don't never go down without shooting your gun. She said, if you go down, let your gun be smoking. Shoot at the devil. At least do something. Don't go down without fighting. How many knows you got to fight the devil? Amen. And he starts to sink, and as he starts to sink, in his moment of weakness, he cries, Lord, save me. <laughs> hey, he didn't whisper it. <laughs> the wind, and the, you know, you go out there in the storm, you got to holler pretty loud to get somebody to hear you anyway, right? And the wind and the storm and the rain is beating, and, and, and some of the, the most powerful prayer that's ever been prayed from the lips of a human being is, Help! <laughs> Help! That's the most powerful, powerful prayer you'll ever hear. Why? Because it don't take fancy words. It don't take a, a, a philosophy of men gathering together to feed you words. All you got to do is open your mouth and cry what you feel. When you cry help, God knows your voice. And right straight away, Jesus reached down, took Peter by the hand and pulled him back up out of that water. And he said, now Peter, I don't know why you doubted me, but come on, let's get in the boat. <laughs> he got in the boat and the wind and the storm it all just went calm. But it was, see, Peter was weak. He got, he got weakened. You know, we're human. We can become weakened in, in the life struggles that we're going through. And we can begin to try to figure out how are we going to do it? How are we going to make this happen? How are we going to put this together? How are we going to get through this? I don't see how in the world we're going to make it another month. And, but yet still, the Lord, the Lord stands in front of us and says, just come on. Just come on. Just come on. I've seen God supply the needs of people. I know you have too. He supplied my needs many times when I first got saved. And first started preaching the gospel. I was living by myself, and I had a house payment and a car payment. And the Lord called me out of my job to go full-time ministry. And I stepped out in faith. I was excited, but I didn't realize where I was headed. <laughs> Sometimes the Lord don't tell you where you're going. Amen, or you would never step out. <laughs> I was excited, man. I, hey, I wasn't going to get up and go to a job no more. I was listening to preach for Jesus. <laughs> and, and, uh, and that was exciting as that was. 
you know, it it very quickly became to realize that, hey, (laughs) this is okay, but but, but I need this money, you know. And I'm not getting this much money I need. And and there would be months, you know, that I'd look ahead and say the house payment, the car payment. Oh, God, I'm not going to have that money. What in the world am I going to do? And, and, and I had taken a little part-time job driving buses for Help Incorporated there in Pickens County. And uh, I was just a part-time driver. All I was was just a fill-in driver. And, but every single time that I'd get in a straight, if you will, a tight place, I'd fall on my face like Peter and cry out, Help! Help! And I'd get a phone call every time. The next day, most of the times, it'd say, You know, we got a driver that needs to take off a few weeks. Can you come in and drive in their place? And it'd make that payment. But I lived like that for a while, and the Lord taught, Lord taught me some things that, you know, sometimes it's just from step to step, from place to place, that God, God meets you there and takes care of you and does things for you. I shared with the Sunday school class Sunday of Sister uh, Erlene Maddox that I knew years ago, old saint of God, how that God met that woman's needs so much. She lived with my grandparents, and uh, she didn't have anything, and uh, people would come up to her and say, the Lord told me to give you this, this money, and and. She would want to take it and say, no, the Lord told me, and I'm, I'm giving it to you. But God would meet her needs and meet her needs. And, and I have an aunt that's gone on to be with Jesus now, how that she, she had four kids to raise. Her husband was killed, and, uh, and she worked the best she could doing taxes for people. And, 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 people would, and she did these big yard sales, and she would sell clothes. People would come to her house and give her their clothes that they didn't want anymore. And she would take them once a month and sell these giant yard sales down at Aliceville, down in front of my mom and daddy's house. And she'd make several hundred dollars on a Saturday selling clothes. And God would meet her needs, you know. And, uh, you know, and it wasn't, wasn't nothing fancy, but God was meeting her needs. And was, you see, God is, is bigger than we think sometimes. You see, he can do things that we cannot come up with. But God did that for me, and, and I've seen him do things for other people. And it's not always just about money. It's other things. It's health. It's strength. It's, uh, it's understandings that we get from God that we don't get necessarily as, unless we've been in a tight place or a weak place or a moment of trouble. We find something in God that we never had found before. We find places with God we never could have found before. Paul, as we read in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, uh, uh, verse, uh, the verse that we read, verse, uh, forget the verse away, but we get at verse 7 again, where Paul said that he had been given such a great abundance of revelations that he, was, he would have been lifted up, he would have been puffed up. If it hadn't been for this thorn in the flesh. He, he realized and come to realize that God had given him this thorn in the flesh to, to buffet him, to, to hit him, uh, to, to trouble him daily. Why? To keep him uh, praying and humble and not focused upon the revelations that he had received and the, and the insights that he had gotten from God, but to focus upon the fact that, that God was his strength and that without him he couldn't do what he was doing. And he said, you know, he'd ask God to take it away, and God said, no, you, you must, you, you carry on. My grace is sufficient. My strength is made perfect in weakness. And we find Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1. We find Paul writing to the church at Corinth. And I, and I believe that this was, this was part of his being conditioned and things that he had seen and things that he, he had been through. And he spoke to them about how he was when he came to them. In verse, chapter 2, verse 1 of 1 Corinthians. He said, And I, brethren, when I came to you, I came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. 
For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and of power that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. He said, I, I, brothers, I didn't come with any of my own intuition or my own way of, of I didn't, in other words, I, I, am, I have nothing to brag about. Absolutely nothing. He said, the only thing that I know and the only thing that I'm determined to know is Jesus and him crucified. That's all I need to know. And he said, I came in demonstration of the spirit and of the power so that your faith does not stand in my wisdom or a man's wisdom, but in the power of God. You see, we realize as we live for God, looking back and then looking here and looking forward, we realize that it is not by power nor by might, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. And God sent that word to Zerubbabel by way of Zechariah. He said, listen, this king that's given you a problem, he ain't nothing but a puff of wind. It's not by your might nor power you're going to get this done, Zerubbabel. It's by my spirit. Friends, it's the spirit of God that quickens and lightens men and women to walk in faith and strength that they otherwise could not have done. We lean heavily upon the arm of the spirit. We lean heavily upon the arm of God because without him, I would be nothing. Without him, I would surely fail. Without him, I would be drifting like a ship without a sail. Jesus. Oh, Jesus, do you know him today? Please don't turn him away. Jesus, oh, Jesus, without him, how lost I would be. Aren't you glad you know him today? Praise God. Let's conclude this message here tonight and let's pray. Um, can... Uh, Brother, can, can you come and just kind of play something for us? I just want us to end here tonight and, and pray and just maybe you're here tonight and you've been through some things that you feel like, God, I, I'm weak and I don't know what I'm going to do. I believe God wants you to know that you can lean on him. God wants you to know you can de you depend, depend on him, you can trust him. That your way may seem... As, as the writer said, the soul, the steel of my soul would have wrinkled and bent had I traveled the byways this person has trod. And tonight, maybe you, you're in a place that you just don't know. I'm here to tell you God knows. He knows your name. He knows who you are. He knows where you've been, and he knows where you're going. Scripture says the hair on your head is numbered. That's not just... You got so many hair. Every single one's got a number. <laughs> the ones you had and the ones you lost. <laughs> it's got a number. <laughs> and believe you me, I believe in heaven they're going to all be put back. <laughs> I don't know for sure, but that's just my thinking. But God just is, is, is beyond us. I mean, we are weak, but he is strong. He, you know, the children's song was saying, yes, Jesus loves me. Yes, Jesus loves me, for the Bible tells me so. Little ones to him belong. They are weak, but he is strong. Oh, I'd rather lean on him any day, hadn't you? 
I'd rather lean on him because I found out that I can get myself in a mess real quick. But if I just let Jesus have control, I know I'll be all right. Someone has said, and I believe it's very true, the safest place to be is in the will of God. The safest place to be is in the will of God. Well, maybe tonight if you're like, if you're like Peter, ready to cry out, help. Or Paul saying, Lord, do something about this. Or maybe John's, you know, saying, I know I got to, I got to come on down a little lower for him to get a little higher. Then let's do that. What do you say? Amen. Brother, if you'll just pray for us tonight. If you have a need that you want prayer over tonight, come up and we'll lay hands on you and pray for you. Or if you want to just stand where you are, let's just all stand before the Lord. But if you have a special need, you want special prayer, you can come down here and we'll pray with you. I believe in praying. But if not, if you want to just stand right there, if you want to take the hand of someone next to you, that's fine. Let's take just a moment and let's talk to Jesus. You tell him your need. You tell him what you came here with tonight because I believe nobody comes without bearing some kind of burden. Nobody comes without some kind of weight. And we came tonight to lay them down, lay your burdens down. Father, in the name of Jesus right now, we bow before you in humble gratitude, in humble adoration. You are God, and there is not another. Lord, there's been times that we, have, we would have faltered and failed had it not been for you. Our lives are structured, and our, our, our place in life is, is meant to be centered in you. And so that that which we do and that which we attain is not attained of our own ability, but in the strength that you give us, the strength that you have imparted into us. Father, we realize tonight that our weakness is the platform that you can be manifested from. Oh, God, strengthen the resolve of your people here tonight. If there be one here tonight that's about to give up, speak to them right now and tell them don't quit. Don't give up. Heaven is waiting. Jesus is real. Keep on keeping on. God, I know that you've had to help me with that. You've had to help me. And I know you can help others. God, tonight, touch each and every heart, each and every home, every family, and every family represented tonight. Touch them, oh God. Minister to the needs that are seated here tonight. Don't let one heart leave here tonight discouraged, despondent, or depressed. Oh, God, but lift up and pull out of that pit of discouragement. Show your people again and again, Lord, that it is by your strength and that they will prevail. For you said to Peter and you said to us, Upon this rock I'll build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. God, tonight we have been through storms. We have been through troubles. We have seen your power and known your victory. Let it rain down on us again. Almighty God, tonight, take somebody by the hand and lead them. Take somebody by the heart and tell them, be of good cheer that you have overcome the world. God, help us to not lean upon our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge you so that there we will know you will direct our paths. We are your people, the sheep of your pasture. It is you that has made us and not we ourselves. God, help us to enter into the gates with thanksgiving and into your courts with praise and to be thankful unto you and bless your holy name. May our lives be more about you than about us. 
May our focus be upon you more than upon us. God, may we walk forward out of this place tonight ready to speak the truths of God. Even in the midst of our pain and suffering, we can tell someone else, Jesus will see you through. <laughs> Thank you, Lord, tonight for that what you give. We can say assuredly, it is the Lord. For if the Lord don't build the house, they that labor, labor in vain. God, tonight, just keep your hand on us. Keep your hand on each and every one here before me tonight. Guide and direct every footstep. Take them to their places of abode and work and their places of rest tonight and give them peace. Yes. Father, the peace that passes all understanding. Yes. Jesus, you give that peace. You said the peace you give ain't the peace the world gives. You give a peace that never passes away. Yes. Lord, let it rule and reign tonight in our hearts. Let us walk with greater assurance and more resolve than we've ever walked before. May we defeat this devil that comes against us every day in your name. Let the blood of Jesus be applied to every life, to every home, every situation. And We thank you for what you brought us through. And we thank you for what you're going to take us through. But we realize that the path before us is not an easy path, but yet there is one walking it with us. And we're going to walk towards the kingdom with all this in us. We're going to make heaven our home. God, walk with us now. Strengthen us. Give us your love, your power, your mercy. And let us walk in the mind of Christ. In Jesus' precious name. In Jesus' precious name. Hallelujah. And amen.